I am in the crimson wave, and I feel like I mean, Carrie. it is one of our branding colors for a reason. It is. And that's why I like the movie Carrie so much, just because it is. It starts with her period. I've never seen Carrie. Oh God, it's so classic and so good. But it's the opening scene of the original is she starts her period in gym class. But she doesn't know it's her period. So she freaks out and thinks she's dying. And is she's this running. a horror movie? Yeah. She basically like is washing herself. And then she has blood on her hands. And that's like she started a period. And she freaks out and is running around like help me, help me, help me. And the girls are laughing. They all throw tampons at her. Oh. And it's really traumatic. And then so it's it's cool. It's a cool movie in the terms of periods. Because then at the end she obviously gets bullied to the point where they dump pig's blood on her she loses her shit and then she has these mystical powers and like everyone burns to death while she stands there literally just covered in blood okay mm-hmm. really just diving right in here welcome to our period episode <laughs> we are here for all of your period needs hello it's time to chat with me kamea and me rose on the show we have courageous conversations that illuminate shared experiences related to food and gender we are here to help folks digest their relationship to food in today's episode we talk about menstruation and misogyny what is the difference between sexism and the patriarchy why do we only talk about hormonal cycles when we're on the rag yeah how are you doing i'm doing pretty good i'm freshly off the crimson tide and everything's great yeah the last time we had a conversation when we met for drinks last week we were both having a week like a really hard time just generally too yeah just generally and blame it on the moon blame it on the stars blame it on the period whatever like which we did do we Mm -hmm. actually did while we were having our strong emotions and needing to just like vent to a girlfriend over a drink about shit that's going on it was also a moment where i would be like well but it's not that big of a deal because i'm on my period Mm -hmm. oh yeah i have that thought all the time I mean, we've been conditioned to do that, to just dismiss it. And I feel like menstruation has been used to dismiss women's feelings for ever and ever. And also in that conversation, we realized that we had synced up because Mm -hmm. we have been doing this podcast together. We see each other two, at least once a week, but two times a week mostly. At at least, um, yeah, I think I hang out with you almost as much as my partner right now. I think I hang out with you more than I hang out with my partner. <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> He's at home right I now. Like, <laughs> He's at home like, where is she? Okay. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, no, I think it's a natural thing. And I remember when I was in dance, all the girls, we would all sync up at the same time. And even this last week when I was on my period, I had made a comment to one of my employees and then she had mentioned that she had just finished and then another one chimed in from across the room was like oh my gosh yeah I'm about to start like tomorrow and I was like oh my god we're all synced up here. That's so interesting. I It's one of those things, I tried to look into it a little bit before, once we had committed to like yeah we're really gonna do a episode on menstruation because we had talked about it it's just i don't know it's a fun conversation it's a it's also a taboo conversation like it's hard to talk about like even i have a habit of 
processing a lot of the things I want to go into the podcast with my partner before I show up with you Mm -hmm. because of this particular episode this is the most we've ever talked about menstruation and my experience with menstruation than we've ever had that's kind of cool though he was really interested in more of like the biological mechanisms than the like social repercussions of it. So for instance, we were talking about this phenomenon of syncing up and it's not technically proven by science. It's really hard to study and the it's one of those places that objectivity versus subjectivity and the science world versus like folk wisdom are in direct opposition where the western thinking like very scientific brain is like we can't prove it this doesn't really make sense why it would make any evolutionary sense for women to do this and therefore it doesn't happen but if you talk to people who menstruate who are also in community of some kind yeah i feel like many people around me have experienced this phenomenon and i've experienced it more than once same here with like people i don't expect to like i'm like oh i guess i do though spend a lot of time with you yeah and depending on how my work life changes or whatever that tribe around me is my body will change and the only reason i really notice it is because i do a really good job of tracking my cycle oh you're so much better than me I just let it ride. You just <laughs> let it I ride. I don't know. I'm just, I, I like roughly have an idea. But usually I go off of the, like the emotional, like I feel really emotional at a certain point or obviously like physical cramps, cravings, all of that. Well, but you said a very interesting thing to me that really stuck with me is that you weren't feeling more emotional. You said that you were feeling more in tuned with your emotions. Like you yeah. could just, you could identify the individual emotions better. Yeah. I feel like as I got older, and started like caring about my body not necessarily being as in tune where I know exactly what day I'm going to start but just caring about myself I guess I don't know self-love self-care you notice just every emotion I have I'm like I still have all of those emotions if you like step back and look at the big picture every day of the week but they're just extra heightened and it just the way I like to look at it because I don't like the patriarchy at all imagine that (laughs) I'm like, it's not I'm over-emotional or irrational. I'm just extra in tune with the world, with the people around me. I can feel their feelings stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, I am more disgruntled by things that I deal with on a daily basis that I could maybe just kind of brush off on any other day. But it still happens. It's just like... Ah. Yeah, it's the it's the feeling of like if you experience microaggressions every day mm-hmm. when you're menstruating, if I'm hearing it correctly you really notice the microaggression and can identify the trigger points it's giving in your body and in your response to that even though it's always there you just have another layer of being in tune with it well and in the opposite too like in terms of just being so emotionally loving like I'm like I just want to touch and hug and like tell these people how much I care about them you know what I mean interesting it's like all it goes on both like the aggression and the irritation but also the outpour of like love and appreciation and I'm just so fucking lucky to have like this person in my life or these people in my life I don't get that at all I get very internal I get very like a lot of times I mean if I mean, you pay more attention to my Instagram than almost anyone else where you notice like I go through bits like fits and spurts where it's like 
super creative, like really out there. And then times I just need to shut down. And I feel like the times that I have needed to just like close all of the doors, all of the windows, like I can't, I don't have the capacity to answer messages right now. I'm usually really close to my menstrual cycle. Like I'm about to bleed or I'm like actively bleeding and some months I feel it like really strongly in this window where I'm like extra creative it's like an internal winter Mm, everything's very dark I do a lot of my deep deep creative work even this week when I came to you and I was like Mm -hmm. oh my god I created this like workbook and this curriculum and I'm doing this and I'm doing this I had to like shut down nobody could talk to me I wasn't very affectionate to my partner he took a lot of baths alone I just needed to like be in my bubble and in my space Interesting. and then I it was like flowing I was really in tune to the creativity and like my deep internal thoughts and there was a lot that I was having trouble connecting but because I was so in tune with myself and thoughts that I was trying to pull together I was able to then create the thing I wanted to create so I, f- I definitely feel the most creative when I'm in that point of my cycle interesting but I also think we forget that it's a circle that the whole idea of like someone being on their period is the only time that their cycle is impacting their hormones their emotions the way they process the world their food cravings their desires but there is more phases than that over the 28 to 30 some odd days depending on your personal cycle and when you bleed that's like it's like the new moon it's like the darkness it's the quiet time and then the or the winter and then your ovulation period is more of like a spring and some of those things that you thought about they're like ruminating and you're like growing into this new thing or if you're paying attention to the phases of the moon this is the this is the waxing moon and then you're in the phase of like full like baby I'm ripe I am here (laughs) for the world and you're like (laughs) on your game and you're ready to tell everyone about your things and like for me that's when like my sales are really good I'm gregarious I'm ready to hang out with people I'm like feeling myself. Yep. And then you're waning and you're pulling back towards that darkness and getting ready to menstruate. And I have listened to some interesting thought leaders recently about the idea of actually tracking your cycle and your energy levels as a habit. And then once you have more awareness, you can structure your work projects around that so if you have the privilege to plan your life either through self-employment or you're in a position where you can plan out your days then you might um structure your actual workflow in such a way That's where you're like I've always been like putting I want to do but deep I've never thought been able to. well and I think it's hard to do if you are in a like capitalistic like go 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 like you're expected to be at peak performance like if we're going back to the moon like full moon performance all the time and we're not listening to the energy flow of it needing to start and stop and start and stop when that's just how nature 
right works whether that's through the seasons whether that's through the phases of the moon i feel like a lot of women around me are waking up to the phases of the moon and are like really oh, interested in so it it's so trendy right now oh. <laughs> it's so trendy no i it's it's interesting because i guess when i was mentioning before about the self-care aspect as you get older and you start kind of just i don't know viewing yourself in the world and everything around you a little bit different one of the things that i've taken is as a little baby feminist that I was as a teenager, young adult, is I hated periods. And it was so like ingrained in me that like, this is just the worst thing. And like women have to deal with this. And I'm just, it's just gross. And it's obnoxious. And we have to like, suffer through this with pain and cravings and mood swings. And there's maybe things that you eat don't feel as comfortable to do as like normally like going swimming or going on a long walk or whatever it could be being sexy like you know whatever like when I'm on my period I don't necessarily want to wear like a slinky little dress and like prance around and feel sexy like that's just not really what I'm looking to do but growing up feeling that way so strongly and I remember as a teenager in like early 20s when I'd start my period I'd just get angry like fuck god damn it like I hate that this is happening and then now the next like four to six days is just gonna be hell on earth and I have to replan everything and I kind of got to the point where I was like I'm so tired of hating this thing that is actually like really cool that we do as women in our bodies and I just started kind of looking at it more of like a time that I get to cleanse and like this th- this part of my body I've been carrying around is now releasing and I get to start fresh and new and that just the idea of that and the practicing thinking of it that way has like completely changed the way I approach and feel when I start my period usually when I start my period I somehow will correlate that this is a fresh new time whether it's a start of the week start of a creative project maybe I, like anything and you just can make it into this fun good thing because it is kind of like going through this winter and then coming out new again and I very much take that to heart well and and the fresh start energy is so strong whether that's for like starting new um eating habits or I want to work in an exercise routine or I want to um I want to write every day Mm -hmm. you know I'm going to write every day between now and the next time I bleed even if it's just like a little thing whatever those habits are that fresh start energy can be so helpful so helpful and I think everyone experiences these hormonal cycles I don't know it's it's like getting a new fluffy sweatshirt that's extra soft inside and extra like plump the fabric you know what I mean before it's been washed multiple times and it kind of thins out and it's not as like snuggly as it once was um that's a weird analogy for a period yeah that's not where my brain went (laughs) at all but but you get what I'm saying it's like my brain was like it's like a fresh planner and I can have everything (laughs) in its little boxes and the tabs and I'm I'm really into my office supplies I know organization I'm very organized I know you are it's but I don't know it's one of those things that you get to it's almost like all of the all of the negativity I've experienced in that from the last period to the for the next period, the negativity, whether that's like toxic people that you're engaging with or toxic habits that you have, whatever it could be, it's like to me I get to 
I get to expel that and get it out of me and then start fresh. And that has changed everything for me in my mental state and being on my period. And I actually can be like, I love this, even though I'm crampy and I'm feeling weird. And every moment my emotions are changing, but also I can just it's, be in it and like accept it and be okay with it. It's a radical act to love menstruating. It is. Which is such bullshit. Because so many people do it. So many people menstruate. Mm-hmm. A lot of us do and a lot of us deal with it. And a lot of us also have been taught what a negative thing that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we were initially going to talk about like syncing up for a second. Mm-hmm. When I was reading about the biological reasons for why this might happen, there was that separation between it being that scientific no 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 or like the folk wisdom of like actually this happens and the only like oh this might be a reason for why this happened was in like ancient hunter-gatherer societies you would have circles of well you would have a group of people living together that are very binary males and females and then you would have people who menstruate and people who didn't and you were living by what you could hunt and what you could gather and it was a lot safer to hunt large game by the light of the full moon than the dark moon and so the thought is that the folks that would menstruate would go by themselves and isolate themselves from the men withhold sex and then the men would prepare themselves for the hunt during the full moon and then they would go out and they would hunt during the full moon and bring back large game and but they would have to this is an interesting part about it was like we observe these primates and this other species of primates and when they when the men went out and hunted alone they would like kill this thing and then just like ravage the animal where it was and not have anything to bring back to camp but the theory being that in this like where the females were holding that space of like dealing with the blood and holding that power the men would bring the whole animal back to the women they would drain it deal with the blood because this was like their purview cut it up portion it out for the whole tribe and then reward the men with sex wow wow so there was an increase in nutrition procreation i was say lots of babies and then therefore maybe there was a bit of self-selection in terms of oh the people that menstruated at the same time did have selective pressure to keep on having babies but that's the only like oh that like kind of makes sense and then the other one that I read that was like a half like formed thought in that I wasn't like diving into deep academic research when I was researching this particular episode. Um, I read articles that did. <laughs> but um, the other thought was that if you had women in their prime, like if they were ripe at the same time, and you had a sexually driven homo sapien mm-hmm. male, then they couldn't be picked out and like aggressively. Because I mean, men can just like keep going, right? Right. And so if the herd of women 
were all ripe at the same time, they would all receive and not be like overbearing by one. There was enough berries for everyone to be full. You didn't have to fight over the berry. So in that case, there was the, there's an idea that there's some protection in that. And also the like, if you scatter your seeds among this group, then maybe one of them will stay. say better, better chances. That's interesting. Um, that's also a very uncomfortable thought, but makes sense in the, in the time that humans walked the earth, but still lived a very animalistic life. Gross. I now I'm always gonna view myself as ripe when I'm off my period. <laughs> like I am right and that ready word. for the taking. No, I'm not. Only at please consent, consent always. I like the idea because it's so not this Western way of thinking that women are the ones that are dealing with like the blood and of the animal. Like you mentioned, the draining and the the portioning and all of the other things that go into butchery um because i feel yeah, like, like to imagine we have some female butchers that are like yes no, they're like this is my domain i've been telling you <laughs> but it's interesting to think about that because the world we live in today that's definitely not woman's work that's not the woman's place that's more of like an aggressive job that like a woman just is too delicate to handle and well, when we deal with blood all the time, and also it's like not that big of a deal. I don't know why we're all so scared of blood in general, whether it's out of your vagina or out of an animal or a cut on your finger. That is a really good point. We do kind of say like, oh, you can't handle this. Bitch, I deal with this every time. I deal with this every time, but it's also different. The article that I'll link in the show notes about the history of the taboo of menstruation that mentioned some of the other things I was talking about. One of the things that it said was that as we were relying less and less on big game and we had to do more like small animals and kind of change to more an agrarian society, it really disrupted this cycle of only having to hunt every 28 days. So we're not hunting on a monthly basis anymore. We're hunting more frequently, Mm -hmm. but we still had a lot of ideas about blood and connection to luck and success and life and then at least this article was mentioning that you start to see more of the male species take over the female huts and then they would do like like the women weren't allowed there anymore and they would do like gruesome things like cut off their own ears and like go through bleeding rituals before the hunt because they're like i want to be involved damn it well is that what you thought we were doing in there no like they when just, I think they about just, the story, they probably of, like, go witches. into this hut and they just see all this blood everywhere, and they're like, "Oh my god, oh my these, god, these, these ladies are insane!" Like, and also they come out totally unscathed. Like, oh my god, that'd be terrible. Like, that'd be creepy. I would think that there was a ghost. Yeah, but it is a wonder. It is magical and weird, and magical. like it makes people very uncomfortable. It does. Um, I mean, there's, there's tons of magical rituals with blood and both in this more, I guess, 
scary version of like sacrifice. Are you still talking about like menstrual blood? Well, it I goes also, both ways. Like, I also think it's really interesting that we have so many terms and ways, words that we use other than period. It's true. Like how many can you think of? I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is my least favorite, which is on the rag. Um, on the rag? Yeah. That bo- that bothers me. I don't like that. Um, it feels really just gross. Um, that is so gross. And it also, I think, speaks to like, okay, yeah, I had to put a rag in my pants to like deal with this because I don't want to deal with blood stains. Exactly. And also the way you say that is such a weird, like... I'm going to this like male ideology mm. of like riding this rag. Like, mm. <laughs> that's funny. I'm on the rag. I'm on the rag. Leave me alone. I'm on the rag. Um, I also think of which I also am not a big fan of, but I'm whatever. I'm not a big fan of it because I feel like it's just kind of like tiptoeing around what it is. But it's just the time of the month. Like it's your it's your monthly time. Um that kind of bothers me um i mean obviously the crimson tide uh what was uh the one that like pisses me off is ant flow ant flow i've i've heard of that but not ever like nobody i know that i can recall has said that well and that's one that is confusing to me too where it's like early period education i heard of like ant flow and tampon commercials but then you had flow the progressive like insurance lady and it was really confusing as a young adult woman to both see tampon commercials that would talk about Aunt Flo. And then I would see the progressive lady and I would be like, is that Aunt Flo? Like, does she literally just visit and give me tampons? Like, how does that work? It's but like she was selling car insurance. She wasn't talking about well, menstruation at all. And I, I feel like they knew what they were doing. I mean, she has a lot of red accents. She does. In her her appearance. So maybe it was a cheeky little thing that some woman in the marketing team, the, probably the only woman, was like, <laughs> I'm going to throw this in there. Um, That's funny. Um, another one that I have heard, and I don't remember who it was. It doesn't really matter. But they grew up being told, like, oh, like – um the red monster has visited. Because, like, I think it came from, at least in this – story that I remember hearing at one point of a friend of mine was that um which I can't I honestly like don't fully believe there was a point where whatever person that was in the home that was menstruating didn't flush the toilet and like the little kid who didn't know what any of this was saw it in the toilet and was just like oh my gosh like somebody's dying and they referred to it as the red monster and that kind of that's awful (laughs) that's awful um i don't know i always i always just call it a period i even menstruating is like referring to like my vagina versus like my pussy like that's how i kind of view it like period is like slang to me wait so menstruation is more like vagina tea versus period is slang yeah that's what i think of like if i'm gonna talk about taboo things and I'm in a professional space or I'm trying to be very intelligent I'm going to refer to a penis as a penis and not a cock like if I'm talking to you about sex I'm going to say a cock 
Okay. But if I'm talking to your mom, I might say penis. <laughs> if I'm talking about male genitalia. I'm sorry. I'm laughing at the idea of you needing to talk to my mom about sex. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. Like, I don't know the situation. It could happen. You I never totally know. see it. But you I feel know. like it's the kind of situation where I'd be like, I could see oh, you I'll me go talking get this to your mom about sex. The kitchen, and then I come back and I'm like, okay, Rose and my mom are talking about sex. All right. That's fine. I feel like I could. I feel like it's happened. And I don't know. I don't fully it have that memory, have. but it I feel like have. it's at least happened in a certain sense. But um but does that make sense it's like it does it does we have a weird like i would never come up to anybody and be like i'm I'm menstruating right now i would just be like oh i'm either bleeding which is one i actually use a lot like if i'm like with friends or like my coworker, i was just like i've just been bleeding really heavy and i'm just like ugh, not feeling good and then they immediately know what i'm talking about i don't have to even like if a guy they'd be like wait what what you're bleeding where (laughs) what's happening it's hard to talk about and we have this expectation that you carry on as normal even though we are actually experiencing fluctuations in hormones and emotions and sometimes physical pain and some people who menstruate have like debilitating pain to the point that they have to like put on those whole icy pack like packs and then put a shirt over it that you don't have to think about and then continue to go in and teach our kids yeah like because they can't afford to take a time off work and also you're not going to take a legitimate sick day if you're like oh like were they really calling it sick like yeah, I was calling out sick because I had debilitating pain from the thing. And that's a real thing. That's a real thing that people, again, I feel like when when it's brought up, society can be like, oh, you're just, you're just like kind of being weak right now. Like it's not that big of a deal. But again, everything's a spectrum and everybody's different. So everybody has different periods, whether it's like length of period, flow of period, pain, like stronger symptoms leading up to it. And while you're on it, like, well, and mine's changed over time. And, and mine's mine, changed over time too. Like, I changed my birth control, and my pain is wildly different. Mm-hmm. And it's just, yeah. I was reading, and I thought this was really interesting because, um, there was a, okay. So, are you gonna get into the emojis? No, I'm excited about that though because I have lots of thoughts on the emojis. No, this was something I had read through. Just like I was kind of reading like history of like hygiene products, things like that, trying to because I was like, I don't know when what when was tampons on the market? It's a curious thought of mine. I've never really thought about. But oh, is in like when were tampons like the revolutionary? Like, yeah, you don't have to be on the rag, girlfriend. Yeah, like here you and, can just and put in a plug, a, a disposable product because and then you don't have to issues. deal with it. Yeah, which is like so amazing. But I was reading that. Um, it was roughly around the time that tampons were first put out on the market and patented as like a a real thing in the world. Do you have a year? Um, yes, that was, let me look in my notes here. Um, I even have the name of the person who invented them. Really? hmm Yes, it was, um, initially patented and this was Tampax, we all know the brand Tampax, in um, 1896 by a man named Earl Haas, Haas. And he was just a physician and he invented it. And it was made out of cotton and it was the first thing that was ever put on the market. Um, that was a tampon that we know today. 
I'm sure it has still evolved from 1896. Yeah, I would imagine at that point it was just a doctor being like, "Oh, you're what if you just shove the rag up there?" Exactly. Oh, you're fine. And she's like, "Actually, that's quite nice." My first thought was like, "Okay, I'm 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 just imagining the story that Earl, assuming had a wife in this era, 1896." And imagine all of his inventions and was like, here, babe, try this. <laughs> like, imagine being like, I'm such a supportive wife. I'm just sticking stuff up my vagina while I bleed and I get to talk to him about it. Or how uncomfortable would that be at that time for her? I don't know. Anyways, I, I mean, have a lot it's of weird now. I broached the topic of the new menstrual product is being advertised to me. The little discs that you're supposed to like put oh, up dude. there. I mean, there's gadgets by. for everything. There's anyway, gadgets for everything, but it was a weird conversation. One of the weird ones that I found, and it it in this article I was reading, it was they're seen as the most revolutionary development of periods, and it was in 1971. And basically, through researching and working out ways to have very safe abortions, they discovered that hey, what if we just like sucked all of the period out with like a suction tool? So basically, they would like, when you were hitting that time of the month, they would suck out all of the the period stuff. So it wasn't an abortion, but it was the same technology. Exactly. Just to like get the... Get it out of there. Like let's vacuum that out so it doesn't, it can just be like pulled out versus like slowly releasing over the extended period of time that is on average roughly five days so what they were saying is it was so like amazing technology because it went from a five day on average process to just a few minutes and as I was reading it one of the big things was that this was huge for athletes because they were able what what there were athletes that were just like going and getting sucked out just getting sucked out now what i'm curious about is okay do you still have like other physical symptoms uh like hormonal symptoms with the feeling extra raw or extra sensitive to things or seeing things i don't know but like they would suck all of it out and and it got completely shut down and like they stopped research on it because it was so it was too close to abortion technology and that's so taboo as well that they were just like nope we're not even like that whole like idea is not we're not going to like pursue this so there isn't currently like there's no data that I could find or information about is this like long term if women if this was a thing for us is it okay long term how does it affect our bodies long term well and also Um, is that like the kind of good for us or bad for us they weren't able to get those answers okay I've got the bidet on this button and then on this button exactly but then that was another thing is like it also brought up this whole aspect of a doctor needs to do this procedure and if you have to do this once a month or you choose to do this once a month this is probably going to cost a lot of money for the the patient and so it but yeah just completely got shut down because of a lot of things so we still don't know I'm sure there's doctors out there and people in the medical world that have a greater opinion than I do because I'm over here just reading articles on Google but um yeah is it is it okay for us to have that but can you imagine being able to just like have like a monthly appointment we just go in and just like vacuum that shit out and you're like done that could be life-changing 
if it I, was healthy and okay for a body i don't know that i like that i don't know how i feel but i think i i think i'd be cool with it as i just preached about how like you should own your period you have your period but, and also i could just suck it in but also if if like let's say you were on a vacation or you have with your schedule like you had like a really like a gala to go to and you didn't want to be like on your period in a ball gown like i don't know i was legitimately anxious about getting my period right before i got married i remember we talked about that i was terrified i remember we talked about i don't wear white in my life very much as it is nope that is like no we just can't Mm -hmm. this is not happening it was fine but that convenience factor and it not fitting our schedule because we are so scheduled and so regimented in this modern day is so interesting and there was um a woman i was reading about who ran a marathon and she had trained for it all year and then at the very start of the marathon or like the day of she woke up and she was on her period and she had a moment of like what am I going to do I've been training for this marathon I have family here like this is like what am I gonna do I don't want to deal with a pad no that would be like chafing depending on how long the run is a tampon might not work well and depending on how heavy your flow is like are you gonna have to deal with it halfway through and there's a lot of people around there's not adequate facilities and when you if you do like my understanding for a marathon like I run but I'm not like a marathon runner right um like I've done a 5k or two and then I was like yeah I'm so cool but that's not that's not on the level that this woman was at no and she decided to bleed openly through the entire marathon and there are pictures of her as she goes through of the blood stain getting bigger and bigger and bigger as she just like freely bled and ran and she um described how liberating it was and how hard it was to deal with her own shame like it was a process of dealing with your own shame at the sight of it because we're taught how to hide this from the moment we start menstruating this is something that you shouldn't see like we're close but I don't think you've ever seen my menstrual blood no i have not and i would though if you wanted to show me if i was like look i'd be like sick me too (laughs) i really enjoy looking at my menstrual blood (laughs) i give it quite the the examination it's a weird thing and when this woman ran a marathon and posed without shame with her friends at a team picture with like the medal and like you just ran a marathon holy shit with a blood stain and her she was wearing like peach leggings and there was like this crimson stain it like worked if she was gonna go for some branding colors it totally it worked. worked but it's like striking i don't see images with stains like that and they're not shamed and that makes me think of so many aspects of our lives if i bleed on my farm pants it's not a huge deal you know and i'm lucky to work on a farm where we have facilities that i can clean myself up at 
But in a lot of farms, it's not the case because you're in isolated areas. It's hard to have access to running water, yeah, to a facility to deal with these things. If you are afraid of the, it's just not safe to be a woman alone in isolated areas. No, it's not. Um, so if I like leak on my pants, it's like I have enough. It's called permadirt. It was kind of like colloquial. Like, it's okay. my pants are so dirty. Like, it's just going to, like, kind of blend blends in. And we're good. It's part of the fabric. But, like, the what times I've had office jobs, I'm terrified of leaking on those pants because I mean, that's it's very like, noticeable. Shameful. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting because I feel like women, and, and because it's not talked about, there's not, like you said, always the resources to deal with it depending on where you're at, where you work, your life. But like I remember when I switched over because I most of the time use a cup and that's completely changed my life. It took a long time to do it and make that transition and I not like I wouldn't say I'm 100% on the cup but like most of the time and part of that transition like me feeling inspired to do so is because my job I'm working in a line on a line in a kitchen. I, I can't from the moment we open, depending on how busy we are, to the moment we close. I can't leave. I can, literally can't leave that spot of the floor. And when you're on your period, and it's like four, five hours, and you're just tickets aren't stopping, and you just have to keep going. You can't go to the bathroom. You literally can't. If you do that, everybody's behind now. It's detrimental to. It's, you can't just slip away at all. Yeah. And most kitchens don't have a bathroom right around the corner. Like where I work now, you have to go like down the kitchen, up well, a big flight of stairs. are like in front of like customers. Exactly. And they're like in your greasy like. And you don't want to be like, yeah, it's just a whole thing. And so like. We're like, hey, chef. And you're like, ah, excuse me, I need to use the restroom. Um, but with a tampon, you can it only holds for so long before it starts just bleeding through and for a cup you can hold it pretty much the entire day which depending on your flow depending on your flow for me I can wear it from the morning I get up pop it in there and then when I get home at the end of my day um or even like when I go to bed like I'll take it check it change it out we're good uh but that's like 12 hours so and it, it's a thing where I don't have to worry, especially as you get used to it, with yourself leaking through or overflowing. And sometimes that has happened to me. I have overflowed before. And that's a weird experience with a cup. But Well, it's a weird experience with a cup if you're not used to it because it's the first time you like really feel your blood flow. Mm-hmm. And for people who have been taught to just like stuff it and don't feel it, yep. you don't feel the flow like you don't you don't and you don't know how much you're bleeding you don't know what like you it's just completely very disconnected yeah and it's just yeah it's there's there's so many people that I know that work similar jobs like even farming like for you it's like be so nice to just like not have to like worry about it and just like put it up there and like continue with my day but it's wild there's only one time that I was line cooking back in the day that I 
pretty much knew when I was in my station and I was cooking and tickets weren't stopping and I could not leave and I knew I was bleeding through my underwear and that was the moment when you're like okay like I'm and also I'm the only woman there so I'm working with a bunch of fucking dudes and you're just kind of like standing in a position to try to like protect where it's leaking at so that you can maybe not have people see it or whatever or and it's it become you don't want it to become material to be bullied exactly like if i remember because then i'm gonna be that girl for the rest of my work for the woman's place part two like you did talk a little bit about being bullied Mm -hmm. as a woman and you don't want to show signs of weakness and it's another way to be different and separate but it is a very real reality of like if i leave like we're all fucked yeah but also you don't want to be ridiculed for being gross but what's gross the discomfort's the social discomfort it's a huge discomfort too even there's been times even still as an adult now where like i'll be doing anything whether it's at work or a social time or at the grocery store and especially if it's in the summertime and we talked about this where is this sweat or am i leaking i don't know and i'm kind of getting paranoid and there's no mirror for me to look at my ass and (laughs) i'm freaking out right now but i'm just like hoping to god nobody's like seeing something that i don't want them to see why do you think we love our black leggings so much right i kind of love a good black legging but we wear specific underwear typically at least i do when i'm on my period because they're comfy and I don't care if they do get a little like spotty. Like I don't give a fuck. These are these are those. Well, underwear. I'm not putting on my nice ones. No, no. It's just I hate how much it's shamed, and the amount of times you say the word period, and you just see like men. But I've seen women too. Like their faces just like scrunch up, and they're like, Ew, "Why are we talking about this?" Are you tired of chatting? Of explaining how a man describes something to you you taught them to do in explicit detail? Do you feel validated by our conversations and want to chime in? Finally, there's a listener survey. What's that? A listener survey. For just 10 minutes of your time, you can drastically improve your time to chat experience. First 50 responders will receive a free gift valued at a real connection. A real connection? With a person? That's right. A person. A person on a mission to smash the patriarchy. So act now. Find a link in the show notes and in our bios of Instagram handles. Culinary herbals and tasty salt to real terms and social conditioning apply. My own inequality. I mean, there's a long history of a smear campaign against menstrual blood. Yeah. Well, and, and we're still in it. Like, the first time the word period was ever said on TV was 1985. 1985? Yeah. That I wasn't thought you said it was 75. No, 1985. 85? Yeah. That's insane. That was a Tampax commercial. And because they had commercials, but they would say time of the month. Like I said, like skirt around the conversation. But the word period, which were so socially that is what that is was said wow not wild that is wild that's like basically within our lifetime almost that is really interesting and it makes me think like why do we get to the point of like period oh because it's a stop of the sentence it's a stop of a cycle yeah and then we start over yep we're ending our season on a period oh we totally are i never put that together (laughs) holy shit last episode oh my god um also back to cups really fast when i was reading (laughs) did you know when the the cup was first invented i 
I don't fully trust this, but it said like 1854. The cup, like roughly, like it was like between 1854 and 1915. That's, that's weird. That doesn't sound right to me. Well, within that time period, there was over 20 products that were patented that were menstrual like products. So it is it is a huge booming industry. I read that. That's very interesting. It's a huge industry, obviously, because like half the world is women. But it's weird. Also, why the fuck do we have to pay for that? That's a whole other fucking thing. Ugh, irritates the fuck out of me. But um, Well, and it also makes it inaccessible to people who... <sighs> tampons are expensive. And that's another... Not, not the only reason that I went to a cup. But one, it's like an environmental thing. Because tampons are so much waste. So much plastic. Even when you use the the like cardboard paper applicators. You know what I'm talking about? They're more de- biodegradable yeah like that's still a fuck ton of garbage you're creating also the applicators are weird like i'm too like i can't handle my own but i have a weird relationship with i guess my vagina okay i have a very like okay we can talk about it (laughs) relationship with my vagina because when i went on my period my mom was using a cup and so i wanted to use what my mom used and it was like a big deal that there was more than one option because when she was doing it, it was only rubber. And then the silicone one came out and there was only one brand that she had access to. And that was when you were a teenager. Yeah, when I was a teenager. Now there's so many different There's cups. so many different cups. And the I've switched and it's like so much better for me. Yeah. Because the first one I was like I think I went really through like two stiff, or three when I first tried it. And it was the wrong shape, but it was like what you did. But this new one that I have like fits me better and it doesn't like leak as much and it's softer. Well, one of, when the, including the cup in this time period that was patented, it was originally a hard rubber which is like, okay, that makes sense, right? Like what you mentioned with your mom. But then, you know what it also, another version was made out of? Aluminum. The Let's little... just put a fucking measuring cup up my vagina and hope it works. <laughs> Do you Let's know lay the, down, like, sit, tin pick cup up a whiskey? fucking child and think everything's okay. Do you know okay? the like tin cup whiskey that comes with a little tin cup shot I glass? I do, yes. But that's what I'm imagining is you like take that little tin cup off the top of the tin cup whiskey and you're just like... <laughs> that's not... That... But it would like, or like a shot glass. It would not be comfortable. No, it would be and, very stiff, and, and it would, also it would leak. I'm imagining as a cook, I'm like, okay, you don't want to cook really high acidity in aluminum because it can leach and it discolors and it can add a weird flavor and like blah 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 blah. I don't know what my period blood is fully like, what is in it, but um, lots of phosphorus and nitrogen, and it's a really good food fertilizer it is a good fertilizer it's also you could eat it too if you really want to bake a cake and give it to your friends or your ex-lovers wow the next time i come over to your house red velvet cake baby i make cake i'm gonna be like (laughs) i know your calendar i am a hippie enough to be like i would do it and i would try it and it's something i've never done done is collect my period blood and I don't think I will because I don't feel like I have a lifestyle to where I would do that but I I almost want to I don't see it being practical I I almost did in quarantine but I didn't just because I didn't want to like stain my couch and stuff so I try to free flow at the beginning until I'm like going my I feel like my vaginal health is better when I do that but I'm 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 opposite I free flow more towards the end interesting because i'm like fighting it like okay i'm done now can i be done okay you're not done okay but 
we're getting. I'm not. I'm not going to let you have an option vagina with this conversation. <laughs> we're off our bullet points. We are off our bullet points by far. Um, <laughs> can I keep going off? Because well, you can always get off. I mean, I can. Um, <laughs> dear god um <laughs> i'm sorry you put that one on a t for me i did i did it i played back okay um no one of the things i read this is just a little side little thing and we get back to our bullet points i promise thank you um i was reading in world war ii era we were relying on women more in the workforce because of all of our our, our big strong men were off at war and women were a lot more common factories and whatnot so because we relied on them and in that era the time of the month you would just like excuse yourself but now at that point it was like they can't just like not come to work like we need them to keep like producing and like you know capitalism and shit we got to keep this train going oh yeah so they basically were like women you need to toughen up and work through your period and through that there was some factories that had to redesign and rethink their bathrooms so that women had an, a place to go to deal and clean themselves up and continue to work, which is just a weird thought to me. And then that went down a whole different rabbit hole. Like you go into the bathroom and someone's like, do you need chocolate? I wish that's what it was like, but I think it was more of like a trash can, as simple as that is. And bare minimum. Bare fucking minimum as usual. But um even then that um, I mean I talked to you about this off air there's a whole rabbit hole I was going down about bathrooms and I would love to do an entire episode on bathrooms maybe next season stay tuned but okay um through that there was when I was reading about World War II in that era kind of going back to the theory of women are too hysterical when they're on their period women that were in the military at that time were often in the air force from the very i will probably get corrected but roughly that's what i remember um there wasn't a lot of them but they were there women pilots were highly suggest told like we really suggest that you do not work because you cannot make actual decisions when you're on your period whoa like they were encouraged to take that time off because you are doing you're fighting you're you're in flying a plane which is a thing potentially a fighter pilot which yeah. is a thing did you ever ask your sister who's a veteran about whether or not her periods ever come up in professional conversations oh yeah um one of the things that she had expressed with one of the duties that she had um she was in the air force for a very long time um and there's different jobs that you do where you have to because it's the military and it's very secure and depending on what you work and what your specific jobs are you have to be cleared to enter your your essentially your office because it's the military and so she would have to have like her purse checked um her lunches would be like looked through it's just kind of like going through like security essentially does that make sense yeah um and for her it was at one point she was like it's kind of frustrating because when I'm on my period a lot of the jobs or a job she had at one point where she had to like check in her purse and she couldn't bring anything with her except for what she could have in her pockets or whatnot and so that put a weird situation because the military isn't providing in the bathrooms 
products for these women. So then she's like, well, what do I, what am I supposed to do? Because I can't have just one or two tampons for my entire work day, depending on the time that you're at. And you're in these light green to and blue for Air Force uniforms that you well, can and see. Well, also another situation where if she w- was visible, like yes. you're going to be changing frequently. Exactly. <laughs> and and because the military is like I sometimes complain about my kitchen work as being an only woman and dealing with that like masculine world. Military is way more intense because you have to have that perfect uniform that's shoes are shined like the correct socks every down to like the way your shoes are tied have to be in line with what they want and if you're like oh shit I bled through my pants I gotta go put my other pants on like that's not as easy as we may think it would be for like people in the military you know what I think is bullshit Mm. that we're more comfortable farting and going oh oops than we are with our periods well yeah like, I would much rather have the stall next to me hear my giant-ass fart than, like, them, like, see, like, a droplet of blood. Yeah. Well, and we bless people for sneezing. They could be spreading all their fucking germs. But if I have a little but coagulated bit of blood come out my vagina, no right. one fucking bless me for that. No, I just I just birthed something while I sat here. Excuse me. Sorry. We just can't deal with it. No, we can't. It's fucked up. And I do think it is a form of misogyny. Interesting. I think so too. Because I think obviously, I mean, the patriarchy misogyny is like hand in hand, in my opinion. But I think it might be a good time to slow down and say what you mean by that. Because I do think we've kind of gone through the season with this implied level of knowledge of our listeners where they are listening to our things because they know that this impacts a lot of things right so i'm curious how you would define misogyny hmm and there's a lot of those terms that we throw around there's misogyny there's the patriarchy there's sexism i mean now that you say that a part of me wants to like read into the like legitimate definition of misogyny but but who I mean, makes that definition well that's the thing like it kind of is this weird I feel like when I think of misogyny the first thing I think of is like a really shitbag husband that is just treats the, his wife his daughters and the women in society like lower class um less important less educated um i also think of just hyper masculinity toxic masculinity um i think of a man who is holding their gender above other genders um like a cis cis man um i mean the article that you shared with me that i read through i mean i could probably unpack this more if i had to like more time and I wasn't recording right now (laughs) but I thought it was a really interesting thought that misogyny is like the policing of the patriarchy Mm -hmm. and I feel when I read that it just like at face value I was like holy shit that that makes sense um in terms of the patriarchy is kind of always there it affects every single person every single 
I think the patriarchy is laced into capitalism. I think it's laced into all of the consumerism, all of the things. But I think misogyny is a little bit more specifically gendered. I don't know. What do you think of when you think of misogyny? I think it's hard to put into words. It is hard to put into words. It is a daily thing that we deal with. And the thing that struck me about the article that I shared with you that I'll link in the show notes um, is, well, it was an interview article um, Mm -hmm. interviewing the author Kate Main, and she wrote this book called Down Girl, The Logic of Misogyny. And her argument is that misogyny is more of a social enforcer rather than an ideal an idealism like a a series of beliefs and the way that we kind of portray it oftentimes when we call a man misogynistic is we think that they believe something and then they get really defensive and they're like no but I don't like believe that like I don't believe you're wrong what I believe in is the system that has benefited me in these ways and there's just a certain order of things and this is the way it's been done and um it the book draws attention to the roles that we play in society as we have built it so far and the fact of the matter is the more of us that question how society has been built so far the more resistance we will get from people who have done well for themselves and been even if they haven't they've been promised that they could do well for themselves because they are white males like to be born with the confidence of a white man would be amazing to have the powers that the patriarchy believes that i have that's like a threat to everyone would be amazing i want those powers regardless of its destruction um but when you think, like, when you think of the word misogyny, it pops into your brain. What What's the image that you see? I think of control. Um, and so I'm, I'm spitballing here. I'm not working off my definitions in yeah. my notes. I, I think of... You think it's control over other men as well? Or specifically not? I, I would say so because there is so much language around what it means to be a real man and what it means to show your emotions. Not and being like, a pussy. Don't be a pussy. Don't be a pussy. And we like joke about it. Mm-hmm. You express emotions and then it's like, well, don't be a pussy. Like, yeah. Okay, well. Even though a pussy's way stronger than balls. <laughs> Can you imagine being so vulnerable? There, there was... I wasn't going to bring this up at all. There is one researcher that I think has oversimplified the situation, but uh, he wrote about, it was Robert something or other, and he wrote about this idea that men actually suffer from like a lack of menstrual syndrome because they're so jealous of a menstruating person's ability to give life and like that whole process and that power and they crave it and then they invent all of these systems in order to just like that's a really fun thought because i i don't know i don't remember what i was watching and i feel like i shared it with you maybe you can remind me but i feel like people who can menstruate and or do menstruate are these fucking portals of life so like you literally can bring a soul into your body 
and bring it to the world for everyone else or not see. that's your choice or not and that's your choice and that's a lot of fucking power when you like think about that and i think we need to hold that power carefully but literally we're like a gateway of the other world and the physical world <laughs> and that's fucking cool so when I do look up the definition of misogyny, it is dislike of, contentment for, or ingrained prejudice against women. Specifically women. Okay. Specifically. And I think men, though, can be victims of misogyny, too. I absolutely think men can be victims of misogyny and um, the being the alpha male mm. and needing to be a real man and the whole like up down like the up nod down nod like mm-hmm. toxic masculinity if you want to pull that those terms into it. but these are all terms because we're getting better about having more language to describe things that haven't felt right for a lot of people for a long time mm-hmm. um but uh, yeah. i think the idea that misogyny is the law enforcer of the patriarchy is very interesting because you start to get into that diplomatic immunity. Who's accountable? Not the, not the man, that's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I think to simplify in our brains, it makes sense that it is the lawmaker. It is the enforcer. It's the, the creatures that run out and like fix all the quote problems well that's the thing it's like it's all toxic and not for everyone and it's not democratic and it's not peaceful necessarily at all i i feel like i also see when i think of misogyny i think of like you mentioned control but also hyper masculinity and well, it's an this inf- gross manipulation that comes with that. Like, oh, I'm so hot. I'm so good. I'm so desirable. Like, how could you not see that? And if somebody doesn't agree with that opinion, then there's aggression and she's retaliation. Period. That's why she's not receptive to me. Like, literally, it's just it's like that's so a real weird. thing. That's that a gets real thing. Yeah, and you are made to believe that you're the only one who hears that. Mm-hmm. She's not, oh, she's not into me because she's just on her period. Which is gross. So gross. It's so Because I can still be into you. I can still be horny and on my period at the same time. Mm-hmm. Fun fact. <laughs> and if you're man enough to fuck me still, then that's cool. <laughs> but that's also my choice and my consent. But the patriarchy is different from misogyny because the patriarchy is the social system where men hold the primary power. Mm-hmm. over like a matriarchy where women are holding the primary power and that is again very binary thinking but it is more of the social system of white men being in power yeah and then misogyny is she asks too many questions she's on her period um why i bought her all these like things yeah. why didn't she want to like fuck me yeah um i so mean she when, was wearing what she was wearing what did she expect so when society promises you holding primary power and a woman stands up for herself then 
you like your brain like breaks Mm -hmm. and misogyny is your tool for like no but this is the system and I think that's the distinction and I think it gets more complicated and it breaks people's brains when we have more and more people opting out completely out of the binary thinking of maybe I'm not a man or a woman what you gonna do now what does that make you fuck I'm I'm a person I don't I don't know what to do with that yeah what are you I'm a person like you can't wrap your brain around how to use the tools that you were given and grown up with misogyny against someone who doesn't fit in either box so you just kind of like yeah I think people just freak out and people freak out and like it's interesting because this was like a different thing of reading that I came across but like it was suggestions on how to navigate a lot of this shit in your workplace and this was I think more targeted towards office workplace but like this was misogyny in the workplace no it was just like how to how to navigate being a woman and like just life (laughs) it was pretty like depressing article but because some of the suggestions were odd like oh gosh uh using masculine communication as a woman like using sports as a way to like describe a scenario like using sport analogies or being speaking the way my male coworkers speak and a part of me was interesting because I'm like I can relate to that being almost always almost always actually the only I've never I've never had another female manager that I've been in a management team with but at this point but even when I've used that tactic which you just kind of naturally do because it's survival you're like okay well they're being listened to so how can I mimic them like subconsciously that still comes with mass repercussions though because then you're this bitch you're this like steamroller human and it's just like not always as helpful as you want it to be because it comes with a cost just like with anything well and if you mirror the same concerns like if you were to control for gender hypothetically speaking and you're concerned even just like that same sentence of I have these concerns please listen to me coming from a man or a woman to the same authority is very 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 different. different and if you are a woman it is more likely to just be dismissed because of your emotions and your menstrual cycle oh yeah I think and that's awful your relationship status your like do you have a child do you not have a child periods I think I I mean it's funny because a part of me laughs but I'm like but I've also definitely been told by men and women my god why are you just on your period right now like you're just like fuck off man no i just have something to say yeah or i just have like feelings or i am and i'm more in tune with my feelings right now when something became clear like the feeling is still real still real it's not made up or excusable and i think or it, it it shouldn't be just like excuse me the feeling or the thought the feeling or the thought i i don't know it's just fucking complicated and it's gross a lot of times but 
Maybe if you just ate some chocolate. I mean, definitely on my period. I want chocolate a lot. Do you? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chocolate, carbs, um, sugar, but, like, very specific. I feel like, like, chocolate, like, I just, not necessarily, like, a candy bar, but, like, a nice dark chocolate with, like, currants in it or, like, almonds is, like, my go-to. Um, but I would definitely say for sure, like, carbs. I just want macaroni and cheese, bread, anything. I just want it. And I, like, I feel like also I can't stop eating, like, in terms of I'll eat way more throughout my day than I would normally. And when I, like, actually eat, it's one of those, like, I can't eat fast enough. I definitely have that when I'm coming into my period and when the like the early parts of my period and then there's also like throw a bunch of like horn dogness in there i'm just like corn dogs horn dog oh horn dogs I'm a little horny <laughs> but I, it's 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 this really fucked up position to be in because i'm like i really want to fuck <laughs> but i also don't because i'm like i have pressure and i feel full and like physically uncomfortable with cramps and whatnot but yeah i'm like but i just want some like I want some of that good good, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, but I kind of don't. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's where romantic comedies come in handy because I can just gawk at the TV and then feel emotional and, and cry and laugh and be in it but not in it and eat my chocolate and my carbohydrates. Oh, my God. I'm so glad we're syncing up. It's going to be great. It's, it's going to be time. great. It's what do you good. crave? Oh, God. I feel like... I mean, my cravings change month to month, like, in terms of their intensity. But pretty consistently, some months are worse than others. Mm -hmm. Like, I just get to this point that I want, like, a raw, bloody steak. Like, barely cooked. And I want it to, like, bleed a little bit. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't create life this month. And therefore, I require an animal sacrifice in order to sustain the next month. Yes. Yes. I, I can relate to that. And it's weird because I did grow up a vegetarian, but every once in a while, I hit the time of the month, my flow, and Aunt I'm like, Flo is in town and she wants a steak. She wants a steak dinner and she wants it to be rare and yeah. it needs to like bleed on the plate a little bit. Yep. And I want it to come with mashed potatoes. I also feel like in general. With butter. Lots of butter. Lots of butter. And a big piece of chocolate cake for the dessert. I have told my partner before, like, I want a chocolate dipped steak. Like, not really. Right. But, like, this is where I am. A mm-hmm. chocolate steak smothered in red wine. And he'll yeah. be like, whoa. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's what I want. That's what I want. I, I promise to be honest with you. See, that sounds so good. It sounds so good. I can relate to that. There's times that I want a bloody steak, but I would say mostly it's carbs. With like, I think the bloody steak comes with like the aggression of emotion where I'm just like, I'm feeling a lot of feelings and I just want to eat the world. So I'm going to eat this thing. Yeah. I think period cravings are an interesting one because there's a lot of shame associated with it. I I have a very strong increase in appetite right before my period a lot of the times Mm -hmm. and when that happens I'll like want to eat a little bit more and it is that time of the month when I notice that like I have more 
conversations even if they're just in passing where my partner has more to say about the quantity that I'm eating and then I'm more conscious about it and I'm conscious about it as it is as it is yeah but we both like notice the fact that I'm like I'm hungry and I like need it like it's not even it. hunger like, it's like a ravagedness and like, sometimes i'll like I eat a whole enough. second portion and i'm still like just satiated yep. and i do think it has to do with partly being more in tune with my body there is absolutely hormonal fluctuations that change your serotonin levels and when you have a change in serotonin levels simple carbs give you that quick like mm-hmm. hey this feels good you're better, you're okay, but what it doesn't do is give you some of the mineral or like more right. complex nutrients that your body's like, hey, I need this, I need this, I need this. Right. And depending on what you're used to eating, like your body might actually be craving like leafy greens, but when you're in that state of somebody's like, you want a kale salad? I feel like you'd like throw like I would throw that kale salad in someone's face well it's funny because earlier today we had brunch today and it was really great (laughs) and um when we were talking about this episode I had brought kind of that up where like I'll have these like clear cravings where I want chocolate I want steak I want wine I want carbs I want cheese like whatever these like specific things are that I know like I want I've been thinking about it all day and that's what I want but then there's other moments work just like life where you're in that like space but you're given a kale salad or or something that's not necessarily what you're craving but as soon as you take a bite it's like I can't get it in my mouth fast enough I just keep like again it's like barely touching that hunger and I'm just like going for it and you don't realize until you're there that like oh I think my body actually wants this it's like my brain doesn't necessarily say "Ooh, that sounds really good because I'd rather have a box of mac and cheese but I'm like downing this kale salad like I haven't eaten in weeks and that's also something to be in tune with and that takes practice it does take practice and if you can figure out okay what are these cravings that I'm having and then even in isolation like away from like diet recipes or like how do I combat this craving but if you actually look into what are the nutrients in these carbs like and what is the mechanism of this what is this giving my body then sometimes they can clue us into oh my body might actually be craving more minerals mm-hmm. like chocolate is one of those where it's really high in magnesium if you get like dark chocolate and it's good for you in that sense and it can alleviate menstrual cramps and Mm -hmm. give you a bit of that dopamine like I feel better and so it makes sense but if you eat a dark chocolate bar with almonds which is another protein source that's very different than like eating a Snickers bar right and I'm not saying I haven't craved both on my period. Right. Because one is like sugar and I feel better. And also it depends on how, like my capacity to deal with what's going on. Even the ability to say, this is what I'm craving and this is what would, what would nourish me right now. That is such a privilege rather than being caught up in going to school, running a business, raising a child and like I'm having this craving and I have to put gas in the car and the only thing that's here is a Snickers bar 
and I feel better and I'm gonna keep going like mm-hmm. because we don't have the option to stop and there's no shame in that but we do shame we do we absolutely do I think I've been that I've done that to myself like absolutely there's a tons of food shame like when I mentioned like I crave carbs that's all I want I just want bread I don't even want a sandwich I want like I want like toast with like butter or peanut butter and cake and biscuits and gravy or like like chicken and dumpling soup like these just kind of like heavier carb items uh macaroni and cheese (laughs) all the day every day baby um I want those but at the same time I then feel guilty because I just ate more than I normally do for one two those were not the best quote options on a nutritional level and three just kind of it's again then it's just like the cycles of self-worth and reward systems and like really fucked up shit well and it's so much noise you can't actually address the problem so you can't be like you know I've noticed in the last three months that I've been experiencing a lot of bloating when I'm on my cycle Mm -hmm. this is me not even using the words again when I'm menstruating when I'm like fully bleeding out my vagina I've noticed that I'm experiencing gushing fucking blood or I'm constipated or like whatever it is and if I'm able to like take the time and identify that then I might go okay well if I'm feeling constipated during my menstrual cycle maybe I hate that because it is a full like I'm always in my menstrual cycle this isn't a one-time thing but this is this language barrier again but if I'm bleeding and I'm constantly experiencing that I'm constipated when I'm bleeding or the opposite then maybe I need to think about increasing the fiber in my diet leading up to the week of my site of of me bleeding Mm -hmm. And if I was able to do that, that would probably alleviate some of my symptoms and I would feel better. But we don't make room right. for that critical thought. We and we or don't think about tools beyond eat this, not that. Like when I looked up, uh, <laughs> when I looked up cravings for when you're on your period, it was all of the ways in which you could resist Mm-hmm. because it's bad because yeah. we're attributing the good and bad to foods right. again instead of eating something and then moving on right well and i think there's also the privilege and like not everybody has the lifestyle day-to-day that they can be like "Ooh, i really fucking want that snickers bar like oh my god i just want sugar my body wants sugar i want all this shit and and having the privilege and time and energy that's focused on your own self which we also that's a whole other thing is like as women feeling guilty what that was my burp you burped oh my god but that's what i'm saying it's not even audible whatever dude you i'm gonna fill you up on beer one day and you're gonna burp (laughs) up the storm and i'm excited about it but i i feel like there's this whole thing where specifically women we feel guilty when we put only attention to ourselves or like I'm going to focus on me and what I need and how what I feel it because we're so conditioned to be caregivers for other people or other humans in the world but if we have that is a legitimate capacity and sometimes that is like legitimately 
people's lives and that's where I'm saying it's like it's a privilege and I don't even feel like I have this privilege to take the amount of time nobody does I I think it's rare it's incredibly rare to be like ooh, I want the Snickers but then you can go through all these other things to find something that is quote more nutritionally better for you that signifies the same things in your brain that your body wants of those of those nutritions but but that's also availability. It's availability. It's the time to figure out what those substitutes could be that don't make you feel bloated or don't make you feel constipated and makes you feel good, but it still triggers that like need that your body wants. Not all of us have that, again, time and space to figure that out. So instead, we reach for these convenient things that are Snickers because it's sugar and our bodies love it. It doesn't matter who you are or what life you live, like that is what your body likes because it's an addiction <laughs> and sugar is great great <laughs> is that your favorite candy bar oh my god i think honestly i think a snickers is my favorite candy bar same um my second favorite that i'll i tend to think about and reach for but i think it's mostly like a, a memory of my teens and like nostalgia involved but is a fast break it's a reese's fast break i don't think i've ever had that it's like it's like a Snickers, but like Reese's. Yeah. But then also too, like now I'm thinking of Rolos and Rolos aren't a candy bar. I don't know. I'll take anything. Give me a candy bar any day and I'll eat it. And I won't complain. I, uh, three Musketeers. Those are weird. Yeah, but dark chocolate Three Musketeers. Okay, those are better. Those are, that's what it should be. They fucked up the first time. Well, milk chocolate in general is a, I'm not a big fan of milk chocolate. Anyway. Is that where we're wrapping up? Candy? I mean, now I just... I honestly... ready for the holidays. I think it's... Well, I think because I just... The last... Last week I was on my period. And the week before I was fantasizing about a candy bar. But then I have the guilt where I'm like, you don't need it. Don't... What are you doing? Don't spend your money like that. Like, it's fine. Like, you have chocolate at home. You have... I have a Costco thing of Toblerone at home. I don't need chocolate in my house. But I want the fucking Snickers. God, that constant voice in our head it's is terrible. exhausting. I know. Let's just like smash it like we smash the patriarchy. As we do. As we do. Hey, do you want to end how we started? On a period? Ha ha. I was going to say with the cheers. Oh. Oh my God. Holy shit, we did. You're blasting me from the past, baby. Wasn't that long ago. I don't have very much left in my glass, but let's cheers. Cheers, darling. Cheers. Season one. Wrapped up, baby. It's been a pleasure, man. You want to say fuck the patriarchy one more time? Can we say it at the same time? You're trying to get me to do it at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening today and throughout our first season. We are grateful for every single one of you who have approached us to let us know you are having your own conversations about food and gender. You have humbled us with your stories and inspired us to keep going with your book recommendations. We are taking a break for the holidays and we'll be back with season two very soon. In the meantime, fill out our survey, link it bio, and keep taking time to chat. My own inequality.